We started off in Exodus, and this, these couple of papers right here, I thought I could actually talk about in one Sunday. But no, now it's two Sundays, and now as I've looked at it, I think it's three Sundays. It might be four Sundays, so we're on the second one of however many this is. But this is fun because we're going through the, the early life of Moses into kind of the, for him, would have been the midlife, which for any of the rest of us would be in late life. Um, but looking at Moses and seeing how God had a purpose in Moses since birth, and God has a purpose in us since birth. And he did it. He determined our purpose before we were born. All right? He understands your purpose. And every so often, your purpose, my purpose, kind of comes to the surface and shows itself. All right? But God knows that our purpose can't come into full life and full-blown effectiveness until he calls you. You and I, we need God Almighty at a point in time, a memory, something that's memorable, to come to us and call forth the purpose that's inside of us. And when our purpose and God's calling comes together, an explosion happens. An explosion happens. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say, all of you have been called because some of you have not experienced the calling of God in your life yet. It's an event, it's a point in time, and it's a memory you'll never forget whenever it happens, all right? So uh, it would be foolish for me to say, all of you have had the calling of God. Well, maybe you haven't received the full call of God in your life, and you need it. And so we're going to talk today about how you can get God's call, how you can receive God's call. There's, a, there's something, you can, a part you can play so that you're not just walking around your whole life in frustration because you have a purpose, but it's never quite coming into fulfillment. See, God's call will fulfill your purpose. And then what God does is he gives you gifts that complement his call so that your calling can be powerful and effective, all right? But never forget, you're going to be weak through this whole time. You're always going to have some level of weakness in your life, Life is not about eliminating weakness. God, if life is about fulfilling God's purpose in your, in, in your, His purpose in your life. So let's let's just quickly go through what we did, uh, what we spoke about last Sunday in Exodus one, talking about Moses, the man Moses, the hero Moses. All right, and I'm not going to read. We're literally walking verse by verse. All right, so I'm not going to reread Exodus one. But in Exodus one, we do find that um, Joseph. And his generation, and Jacob and his generation died off. There was a new Pharaoh. The new Pharaoh didn't remember the grace that the Israelites were under. And he began to mistreat the Israelites. There's so many of them, and they were spreading so quickly that he enslaved them. It was during this time that their, their population was exploding so much that he said, we're going to kill the little boys. And so he told all the Egyptians, if you see a little... Hebrew boy, just throw it into the Nile. Let's get rid of them. This is ridiculous. They're getting out of control. And so um, in uh, Exodus 2, we find that a, a, a man from the tribe of Levi married a woman from the tribe of Levi. And she became pregnant and had this little boy, Moses. And this little boy, Moses, she wanted to protect and preserve his life. So she built a little basket made out of papyrus that that was buoyant, it'd float, it would float, 
placed him out in the Nile in hopes, I believe, that the princess of Egypt or a princess of Egypt when she bathed would see him. Sure enough, that happened. She rescued the child. She paid the mother to raise him up until he was old enough to have memories because you'll see in the story he actually remembered that he had a brother, Aaron. So he had memories of what it was like to be in in the Hebrew household. And um, so uh, once he was old enough, he came into the royal court and lived as a prince of Egypt. Uh, Absolutely. I'm sure among many princes. I'm sure he wasn't even close to being the, the, the only one. There had to be an abundance of princes and princesses. And so he grew up in that environment. We found that when he was about 40 years old, and you kind of have to piece the Bible together to get all this information, but here in Exodus 2, uh, he'd grown up in the royal court. He goes out to his people. Purpose drove him, all right? He, who in their right mind, if they're living a royal life, would go out to where the slaves are? Only purpose would drive you to do something like that. Something was inside of him, drove him out there. He sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. He goes and kills the Egyptian, and we see uh, Moses' first purpose. He's a deliverer. It's just in him. When you have purpose inside of you, you can't get rid of it. It's just there. And it rears its, call it its ugly head. <laughs> it's not really ugly, but it rears its ugly head, and you can't help yourself. If you have deliverance inside you, you're going to deliver people. You're going to do it. All right? If you're a man or woman of peace, you're always going to be trying to reconcile people, all right? If, if you have a rescuing mentality, you're going to go out and rescue those who can't rescue themselves. But do we see that here Moses has this purpose that comes up in him? He goes to bed that night, blood on his hands, so to speak, on his conscience. What does he do? Next morning, purpose wakes him up early in the morning, and he's back out there again. He can't help himself. His purpose drives. He goes out, sees two Hebrews fighting one another, arguing about something. He goes in, and he says, guys, guys, what, what are you arguing about? And the, he, one of the Hebrews turns to him and says, who made you ruler and judge over us? And that's Moses' second purpose. He can't help himself but be a mediator between people. And we see that the rest of his life is spent doing this type of thing. In fact, being a mediator between God and people. A judge. He couldn't help it. It was inside of him. He didn't know how to interpret it. He didn't know how to harness it. But you know what? It was there. It was there and it was strong. All right? And so through this little encounter, he finds out that he's been discovered. He murdered somebody the day before. Goes all the way up to Pharaoh. Pharaoh tries to kill him. Moses escapes, runs down to this area of we're in Saudi Arabia, modern day Saudi Arabia called Midian. And he's down there, finds a well, and purpose meets him there again. (laughs) Everywhere Moses goes, his purpose is coming up. And it's like a bad dream. I don't want this stuff, but it keeps coming up. It keeps getting me into trouble. So there's some shepherdesses that are coming to try to water their sheep at this well. And... Uh, and then some other male shepherds, these bullies come. Not that all males are bullies, so don't, don't read that into what I'm saying. These male shepherds come and run off the females. And Moses, what? He comes in. He says, you guys get back. And he has the women come. They, do their, you know, they uh, get water for their sheep. And we find here the third purpose of Moses. He's just a rescuer. He can't help himself. He goes and rescues people who need to be rescued. And then 
Uh, thirdly, we find as we move into Exodus 3 um, that he uh, sees, he calls himself, I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. But you know what? Even when you're displaced, what do you call these folks that are migrants? All right. They're, they're moved from one place to another. They're exiled. You know what? Even their purpose will grip your heart. And here we find Moses' fourth purpose. He's out there shepherding these sheep all over the desert that he would yet wander another 40 years, this time with people. And we find that Moses' purpose was a shepherd leader. There's not many good leaders in this world today. There are leaders who will push you down, won't listen to you. They'll force you to follow them. That was not Moses. Moses was a shepherd leader. He cared about the people, those in this case, the sheep that followed him. He cared about it. He was a shepherd leader. And so it was there that we kind of left off. And we start up in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. And Moses is on the backside of the wilderness, as if the wilderness wasn't bad enough. He was on the backside of the wilderness. And uh, he sees a strange sight, a sight that if you've been in church any length of time, you've heard of this. If you haven't heard about it, listen to it. It's pretty interesting. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the flames of fire from within a bush. Okay, so I want you to picture you're, in a, you're out in the desert in El Paso, all right, outside of El Paso, and you see a bush that's, that's flaming up, and an angel begins to speak to you through the flames. That would be a crazy experience. <laughs> it would be very strange. But you know what? The Bible is full of interesting and unusual stories, all of them true. All right, so he, he saw this bush on fire, and he noticed that the bush wasn't burning up. It wasn't consuming. Not. Here we have yucca plants that if you set them on fire, they'll, they'll burn for a good 20 or 30 minutes, but eventually they burn up. And you can see that the, you know, they're turning black and everything. But this was not, was not burning up. Verse 3, so Moses thought, huh, I'll go over and see this strange sight. It's kind of boring out here in the, in the, in the desert. He's been out there, as, you, as you'll see, almost another 40 years. All right? His distant memories of Egypt are growing fainter and fainter every day, thinking to himself, I will never, ever go back to Egypt, ever again. I'm going to die out here in the desert with these sheep. All right, I'll go over, I'll see this. The Lord saw that he had gone over to, to look, and God called, let me just, here's the word, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, God called to him. Has anybody ever had God call you? We're talking about purpose, and now God's calling. Has God ever called you? <laughs> All right? I think there's some of you that have been called by God, and if not, God is going to call you. <laughs> it's going to happen if it hasn't happened already. All right? We talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can speak in other tongues. That's an event. That's a an experience that's something, a point in time that you'll never forget. Let me tell you what, the calling of God is the same type of thing. You will never forget it when God calls you. Does God want and plan to call every single one of us in this room? Absolutely, positively, he's got the date already set on the calendar. We just need to be prepared for when he calls. And so here, Moses, for the first time when he's about 80 years old, 
receives a call from God. How many of you that are over 70 are thankful that Moses was called when he was 80 years old? Amen. There is no, there's no age limit with God. There's no, okay, well, you've, you've lived this long. There's no more fruitfulness. No, God has fruitfulness till the last dying breath that we have. Fruitfulness, plans for us, plans to prosper us, to bless us, to use us. We continue on. Moses says, of course, here I am. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it is, but you just call my name. I'm responding to him. It reminds me of little Samuel who is, I don't know, maybe four years old in the temple Dark temple, and there God called Samuel. Moses was called when he was 80. Samuel was called as a young child. Just get ready. God is going to call you. He's going to call you, and he's going to call that purpose out of you and make, a, make it something that's, that's a, a plan. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Verse, verse 5, it says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. This scripture has bonfobbled me, <laughs> confused me. I haven't understood this scripture. Can I tell you something? Until this morning. <laughs> I was looking at this, and God just revealed some things to me that just, I hope I can even describe them, because I haven't had a chance to even practice this. I'm just going to share with you what, the, what this means. Back then, your shoes were a sign of power, of authority. One who had shoes was in charge. And, and so when God told Moses, remove your shoes, he was saying, you come to me without your power. You come to me without your credentials. You come to me without anything that you can boast about. I want you to take it off. And when you come into my presence... If you're educated, come in as uneducated. If you come in with knowledge, you come in without your knowledge. If you come in with accomplishments, you leave your accomplishments at the door. And you come to me as you are, Moses, because I have something to tell you. All right? Does that make sense? I'm telling you, it's time when we come into the holy presence of God. I was so happy that we sang three or four songs about God's holiness. When we come into the mighty presence of God, we better leave all our accomplishments at the door and come as we are. Just empty, unclothed, so to speak. Just, just as we are. Nothing to, to brag about. And so... When we do this, God can finally, listen to this, God can finally call us. Leave your pride. I beg of you. I want you to listen to me. Those of you who would say, I'm not prideful, you are the most prideful of all. <laughs> Leave your pride behind when you come into God's presence. And he will finally call your purpose forth. I've been realizing lately that God's been doing this very thing to me, and I didn't realize it. He's been telling me, Steve, take your sandals off. Now, he didn't tell me those words, but there's some things I'm very happy I've accomplished. I've done this. I've done that. I'm waiting for God to use this wonderful thing that I've created, and God's saying, leave that at the door. Leave that at the door. I want you to come to me as you are. And for weeks, if not months, probably about nine or ten months, he's been telling me, take your sandals off, and I didn't even know what he was talking about. I didn't get it. Until this morning, when I read this again, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. 
I know what God has been telling me to do. Leave it at the door. Leave your pride at the door. Leave your accomplishments at the door. And I'm telling you, I'm expecting a mighty call of God on my life now. (laughs) Because when you do that, he will call you. And for young people who are pursuing an education, good for you. But do not let your education think that that's going to get you somewhere. No way. God's going to get you somewhere. But only when you take your sandals off. Does that make sense? I'm telling you, we can't hang our hat or our confidence on anything. In fact, God was telling me this thing that I've been trusting in. It's a work-related thing. He's told me recently, stop trusting in that and start trusting in me. Take your sandals off. Take your sandals off. And that would go for anybody that feels weak and incompetent. Take your incompetence off also and come to God just as you are. Take your failures off and come to me just as you are. Take your weakness off and come to me just as you are. Wow. Praise God. So God's calling follows Moses taking his sandals off. So if you're saying, why haven't I received a call from God? Take your sandals off. And God's call is going to soon soon follow. In verse 6, he says, Then he said, I am the God. So God introduces himself to Moses. Moses didn't know who God was. He didn't know who God was. He'd probably been taught from a young child of Yeshua, Jehovah God. But he he didn't know much about God by experience, clearly. As you see in this progression of this conversation, Moses was almost pagan. He, he was clueless. He was godless, all right? He says, I'm the God of your father, <laughs> the, the God of Abraham. And, and Moses had to think back. I remember my dad as a little kid, that dad, not Pharaoh. He was the God of my father. Wow. I want him to be my God now, and that's how all of us should be. I want God, I want you to be my God, not someone else's God. He said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He'd heard of those patriarchs from his family, I'm sure. Those he recognized, those names he recognized, but he didn't recognize the God of those names. At this, Moses hid his face. It meant something to him. He had heard of this God. He had heard of these patriarchs. And now he was coming face to face with God Almighty himself to be known personally. He hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned because of their suffering. When God said this, it struck a chord with Moses because he felt the same thing. This was This was like a connection, an umbilical cord to Moses. When he heard these words, it did something into him because he had killed an Egyptian doing the same thing. Because he had gone and tried to judge between his brothers and it hadn't worked too well. Because he had shushed off uh, some bad shepherds. It struck him and he wanted to be a part of this. And let me tell you what, when God calls your purpose out, you'll say, yes, God, even if it costs me everything. Whatever you say, God, I'll go, I'll do, I'll be, because that's the purpose I was born with. So he said, I I see their suffering in verse 8, so uh, I've come down, (laughs) God Almighty, I've come down 
to rescue them again concerning uh, Joseph, Joseph, excuse me, um, Moses's purpose from the uh, uh, from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out of that land. And here's the good news: not just to bring them out, but to bring them into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I tell you what, Moses knew where this land was. He knew exactly where it was. God was very specific. We're going from there out of there over to there. And all of a sudden, all the frustrated purpose becomes a map right in front of Moses' eyes. I see things I've never seen before. I see a route I've never seen before. I've walked this desert. I know how to do that. I know where to go. I can get them there. You get it? All of a sudden, the purpose isn't obscure and confusing. All of a sudden, it's visible. And now in verse 9, the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That was the call of Moses for his life, the rest of the life. That was the call of Moses. I remember once, of all places, I know exactly where I was standing. I know exactly where I was looking. I could, If I was an artist, which I'm not, I could paint the picture of what I saw when God called me and said, about three and a half years ago, Steve, you're going to pastor this church. (laughs) The call of God. You say, did you hear a voice? No, I didn't hear a voice. But I heard a very distinct, clear impression in my heart, in my soul, that came out of left field that said, this is what you're going to do. And you know what my response was? All right. (laughs) Whether I want to or not, I'll do it. Yeah? And that's, you need to prepare yourself. When God calls you, say, yes, Lord. I don't know how, but we'll do it. If you're telling me to do it, I'm going to do it. Why wouldn't I? I'm the one that loses out if I don't do what God tells me to do. All right? Did Moses do this? Well, no, he didn't. But God's call to Moses did did wrench his heart and bring out the purpose that was burning in his heart. Have you ever, let me ask you, have you been sensing a sense of purpose that's just blind though? You you don't know how it would ever work out or how you could ever do this thing or and, and it's just blind. Has anybody ever experienced that? You have purpose, but you don't know how to get there. All right? That calling of God puts a picture in your mind, a map in your mind of how you can get there so you stop feeling so frustrated. Having purpose with no call is the most frustrating thing in the God's green earth. It's the worst thing because you want to do it, but you don't know how to do it. But God's calling brings that purpose out of your life. And it also turns it from self-purpose into others' purpose. It turns your selfishness, my selfishness, on its ear. And all of a sudden, my purpose has to do with others, not for myself and grandizement. I don't want to make myself bigger. You know, I'm doing this for others now. And that's what the call of God does. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11, verses 11 through 14. Well, well-known scripture. Let's read it as if we've never read it before. God says, I know the plans I have for you. He's speaking to Jeremiah and to Israel. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, 
plans to give you a hope and a future. Can I tell you something? This, this scripture just popped out at me with a realization, God knows the plan even if I don't know the plan. And that's okay, all right? If God knows the plan and I don't know the plan, that's all right because he'll lead me step by step. So if his call hasn't come yet to my heart so that I see the plan, that's all right. I'm going to continue my daily step-by-step-by-step following of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit doing what he tells me to do on a daily, daily basis. On verse, verse 12, though, of Jeremiah 29, it says, Then, listen to this, then you will call me, call on me. So here, we're talking about God's call to us, but here I'm calling out to God, and you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me, in other words, find my call as well, when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, Steve, I haven't received a call. Well, good. (laughs) It's time to start seeking God's call. And when will you find God's call? When you seek for him with all your heart. You take your sandals off. You stop trying to bring everything to God. Say, hey, God, use this. Hey, God, use that. No, God says, leave that stuff behind. I know what I want to use. Come to me as you are and seek for me with all your heart. That's when you're going to start receiving the call of God in your life. And it will come quick and it will come hard. It'll be powerful. All right? But you and I, we got to seek God with all of our heart. Verse 14, it says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You will find me. You will find the call of God as well. Let's read on, going back to, uh, to Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Moses said to God, so here's, here's his response, and this shouldn't really be, have been his response, but he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? When God calls you, it's not about you. <laughs> It's not about you. It's about God Almighty and His purpose. So when God calls you, don't say, who am I? You say, let it be done according to me, according to your word. Do it, God, however you want to do it. But Moses is self-focused, as as many of us tend to be, as I've always been my life, my whole life. Verse 12, uh, God said, I will be with you. And the calling of God comes with this wonderful promise that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. If you've ever been in a place where you felt like God turned his back on you, that's the worst feeling in the world. When you do God's call, when he gives you his call, he promises he will never leave you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never make you feel alone. He will always, always be with you. And this will be a sign from you. and this will be a sign to you that I am uh, that it is I who have sent you. When you um, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this mountain. All right. <laughs> now, this is a prophetic thing. This is what God is offering Moses. He's saying, "When here's the sign to you. See this mountain right here, Mount Horeb right here, Mount Sinai." When you come out, you will be right back at this place with all the people. They will have successfully come out, and you will stand right back out here at this mountain. I'll tell you what, God makes promises like that, and you shouldn't react the way that Moses did. He reacted in doubt. 
He reacted as if he hadn't even heard God. If God makes a promise to you, let that be enough to drive you to go do whatever God tells you to do. His calling comes with promises. His calling comes with promises. And so when, when, you, when God gives you a promise about your future, believe God. Say, yes, God, I accept that. I will take it. In verse 13, don't worry, we just got like two more minutes. And this will be a sign. Okay, verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose, so he blows God off. He doesn't even listen to that. He says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what's his name? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Why would Moses have been concerned with the, the name of God? It's because Moses didn't even know who God was. He wasn't acquainted with God. He had no experience with God. He says, what should I tell them? In verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. <laughs> How does that help you? I am who I am. This is what you're to tell the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, this message right here, we're going to end with this. This message right here was for Moses more than it was for the Israelites. It was more for Moses. God was saying, I am blank, period. And you're going to know me in a number of different ways, Moses, starting today. I am your provider. And Moses got to know God as his provider because he rained manna out of the heavens. And when that happened, Moses got to know God as, I am your provider. I am your healer. I am your peace. I am your freedom. I am your defender. I am your father. I am your love. I am everything. That's what God was saying. I am everything. And Moses, you're going to get to find that out the rest of your life, little by little. You're going to get to know me as everything. You're going to get to know me as everything. And so that didn't help Moses too much. With the Israelites, per se, it was for Moses to know, I am everything to you. I am everything to you. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your call. Your call. Lord, we, we declare, I declare right now, your call on every soul, every heart, every person that's in this place today, and everybody that would ever listen to this. I declare your call in their life. I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that people would start taking their sandals off, taking their credentials off, taking their accomplishments off, taking their failures off. Take it all off, Lord, and stand on holy ground and receive the call of God in their lives. Lord, only then, only then will they hear the call. Lord, I have a suspicion that you're calling all of us right now in this moment, but we can't hear you. Moses, if he would have been asked to take his sandals off 40 years earlier, may not have taken them off. And he wouldn't have received the call. But the winds of the desert, the harshness of the desert, got him to the place where he was even willing to take his sandals off. 
Lord, and some of us are gone, are going through dry places, tough places, difficult places, Lord, but we're going to a place of calling and you're preparing us to where we'll be willing to take off our sandals, to take off all earthly accomplishments, all those things that we rely on and trust on and say, you know what, Jesus, I'll toss these things to the side in exchange for a call of God on my life. Lord, I think of that rich young ruler, Lord, that brought, came to Jesus said, what can I do to be saved, Lord? And when you told him, take your sandals off, in other words, give your wealth away and follow me, he was not willing to do it. He went away sad. Lord, help it. Far, help us, Lord. Far be it from us to not, to not say yes, God. I'll give away the temporal for the eternal. Oh, God, Lord, you said if any man who would lose his life will save his life. Lord, and that's where we need to be today, Lord God. Help us to be willing to untie, Lord, those cords of our power, of our earthly inheritance. Lord, if anybody's carrying around money and saying, oh, this is going to take care of me for retirement. Lord, even that, say, Lord, I set that aside and Lord, I want to be face to face with you, Jesus. I want the purpose of my life to be called out of me and be fulfilled, even if it messes up some of my plans. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus.